Yes, I uh, was gone for a couple of weeks, and I uh, want to thank the church for that opportunity to have some time time off, time away, time for renewal, things like that. But uh, great to be back here and to uh, be sharing God's Word with you tonight. So tonight, um, you know, uh, we get to, I think, kind of combine our sermon series that we had before, which is the Church Matters series, with the sermon series that we have now where we've talked about uh, things like priorities and generosity. And then, you know, how do we live that out? Um, how, how does that happen? Well, we, we go back to uh, when Jesus first returned to the Father. He brought the disciples out there on the hillside, gave them the Great Commission. Uh, interesting, <laughs> when I read that story, that these, these disciples, after all they'd seen, you know, the crucifixion, the resurrection... Uh, you know, Jesus is there, uh, we're about to go to the Father, and it says some doubted. You know, uh, they're very human. It's, it's sometimes a challenge, you know, to follow Jesus. But there, when he uh, departed to go to be with the Father, after all that he had done, he left this mission that he had in the hands of this ragtag bunch of people that were called the church. For that mission to be fulfilled, I mean, if you, look, you look at this and the people that he gathered around him, it's like, Lord, are you sure about this? You're going to entrust this to the church? What, what, if, what if these people said, but, but I don't have enough. I don't, I, don't, I don't have enough, you know, fill in the blank to be able to serve this mission that Jesus has given me. Whatever that is, I don't have enough time, I don't have enough energy, I don't have enough youth, I don't have enough experience, I don't have enough money, I don't have enough whatever it might be. Enough. But thankfully the disciples didn't do that. No, no, they didn't do that. In, in, in fact, uh, even though none had an overabundance of worldly goods, they were blessed with enough of Jesus to be able to serve Him. And that was enough. Jesus said you will know them by their fruits. And what he meant by that was, was that you're going to see certain signs. It's like those things that I held up earlier. That you're going to know somebody who's encountered flame, you know, when they have a certain response to that flame. You know, you're going to know it when, you know, Greg's up here doing his, his act with the, with the flame. <laughs> and you can see that it's, you know, not exactly comfortable for him. You're going to know that. You're going to know when somebody encounters Jesus. You're going to know when somebody encounters the Spirit. Because there's certain reactions to that. Something that they do. You will know them by their fruits. We are not saved by what we do, of course, but by what, but what we are saved by and really gives us a reason to do what it is that we do. Those who have a passion for Jesus would do certain things that they wouldn't do if they hadn't encountered him. You know, in that song where, um, I love, love it, you know, where it's talking about this thirst that the psalmist has for the Lord. And then right after that, it talks about you know, dwelling in God's house. I mean, there's a reaction to that. You know, this, this, this you know, slaving my thirst for Jesus, by wanting to worship him, by wanting to serve him. People are going to do things that show that Jesus is important in their life. Those who never let salvation take hold, though, never really allowed them to get close enough to Jesus to touch Him, to feel Him, to know what that's about, 
They're the ones who will never have enough. They're never going to have enough. You know, we can think of it this way. that you know, People in your life, think about important people in your life. If you love your spouse, let's say, you're going to do certain things to demonstrate that to that person. If you love your kids, then they're going to do certain things because you love your kids. I knew a woman who thought their parents didn't love her because they didn't discipline her. And you think about it. I mean, discipline takes work. It takes effort. It takes risk. You might be on your kid's bad side. You know, uh, it, it, it takes love to be able to discipline your kid. If you love somebody, you do some things because you love them in response to them. Those who love Jesus will do certain things because they love Jesus. So if you find yourself saying something like, well, I can't because I don't have enough. Maybe the thing that you should be checking isn't things like your bank account or your calendar, but instead your heart. Check your heart. Yes, we are finite, limited people. We cannot do everything. We can't. But God has called us to do something. You know, something that's appropriate for us. What it takes is a willingness to say, you are enough, Lord. You're the one who's enough. When Jesus hung on that cross, and he was dying there on that cross, the disciples they kind of looked at each other and said, you know what? I don't have enough. So they ran. They ran. They didn't stand for Jesus. They didn't have enough courage. They didn't have enough faith. They didn't have enough vision for what God was up to. They didn't have enough. They didn't have enough trust. And they were forgiven for all of that, but in the meantime, they weren't experiencing the blessings that come with recognizing that you have enough in Jesus. And so we follow Him. You know, there's blessings that come with that. There's a certain joy that comes with that to recognize that He's the one that you serve. After Jesus' resurrection, the disciples discovered that they had all they needed. Then suddenly, they had enough of everything. So much so that they could endure hard times. They could endure times of trial, times of difficulty, times when Saul was rounding up Christians and throwing them into prison because of their faith. They could endure those times and continue on in those times and even continue to experience God's joy and God's peace. Why? Because they had enough. Enough of Jesus. And the result was a church that was growing in Him, a church that was multiplying the number of people that were coming to Jesus in spite of things, a church that has passed on its heritage to us today. And the good news of Jesus at that time then wasn't just limited to Jews, but it began to spread to the Gentiles, those who were not Jews. They became followers of Jesus as well and became like one great big happy family. And they shared things in common and uh, they took care of the widows and, and things like that, that that were there in their midst. But a quarrel broke out among them because this wasn't heaven yet and they hadn't worked everything out. They hadn't figured everything out on how to be the church. It says this in Acts chapter 6, In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Greek and Jews, those Gentiles, among them complained against the Hebraic Jews, the the uh, Hebrews, because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. The twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. You know, they're finite, they're limited. 
Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. You will turn this responsibility over to them. The qualifications were not, hey, can you carry, you know, five plates of food in one hand at the same time? You know, when you're waiting on tables. No! <laughs> Qualification was they were full of the Spirit and wisdom. And they'll be able to do this. We will turn this responsibility over to them and we'll give our attention to prayer and to the ministry of word. The disciples, the disciples recognized that because they were finite beings, they couldn't do everything. They needed help. And if they tried to do everything, two things would happen. One thing is that they would be kept from doing what was really their calling to do, which was to spread the good news of Jesus Christ, to preach the, the Word and to teach the Word so that people would grow in Him and come to know Jesus. They couldn't do it. The second thing that would happen is that they would be hogging all of the service opportunities so that other people couldn't experience it. And what happens when a person serves is that they grow in their faith. They, they experience the blessings of serving, and they wouldn't be able to experience those things if the disciples wouldn't share it. But what, what would have happened if they would have given that call, and anybody that they tapped on the shoulder and said, Hey, I think you would be great in this position. And one by one, each one of them said, I, I don't know. I don't have enough. Fill in the blank. Whatever it is. The result would have been that the disciples couldn't teach, they couldn't preach, they couldn't spread the good news. The church would die and you would not be here today. That's what would happen. And the others would stagnate in a consumeristic sense. Because they, and they would continue to complain, for that matter, that uh, the service was lousy. People would continue to complain, and you may not be a believer today because they hoarded all of those service opportunities for themselves. Because God, you know, just didn't provide them with enough. But thankfully, they didn't do that. Instead, Jesus was there. People like Stephen was selected, and he responded to that. He said, oh, I got enough. He responded to that and said, Oh, yeah, I can do that. And, the, and the, the funny thing is, is that in, when you read about Stephen in Scripture, is that it goes right from him being selected to him not even waiting on tables. You know, it was like waiting on tables was the entry point for Stephen in service. It wasn't the end point in service. And sometimes that's the way that it is, is that God gives us a, a, a doorway to enter the world of service, and it's not the ultimate destination. That's not the forever and ever kind of place. So Stephen was, was tapped to, to serve the tables, but he wound up being a great preacher and teacher, doing the very things that the, that the apostles were doing. That's what he was doing. As a result, people were blessed. The church grew, the faith spread, and you are here today. Now, one benefit that I have in my job, that uh, especially this time of the year I get, to, I get to experience, is that I get to peek behind the curtain. You know, I can see behind the scenes. And maybe in some churches that's not a good thing, but it's, it's, I, I find it to be a real blessing. Because what I see is I can see people who give so generously and so sacrificially that it turns my knees to jello. I can see people who might have every excuse in the book. They can say, well, I don't have enough, fill in the blanks, you know, about a dozen times over. And yet there they are serving. And again, it just humbles me 
to see that. This church is filled with some great servants. Praise God for them. It's filled with great servants. And uh, through such people, and what I'm going to share with you today is, um, before I left on vacation, I got together with some people and interviewed them in anticipation of this message today. And uh, two such people that um, I, I did that with are Jim and Janelle DeVries. And um, I wanted to share that with you today, at least a portion of the interview in, in both cases. It's not the whole thing. But um, with Jim and Janelle, now last spring, it seems like about three years ago at this point, since last spring, but last spring, Jim and Janelle uh, gave their testimony. And uh, unfortunately, since then, you may not be aware of this, but Janelle's cancer has returned. Now, Janelle oftentimes is, is, is up here leading music. She's also behind the scenes working on things uh, and putting together special music. And uh, you know, she's even here painting. Um, Jim serves in the sound booth periodically when, when Ron needs to come down, play guitar, things like that. And uh, serves in the security team, various places in the church. In addition to Janelle's uh, cancer returning, uh, both Jim and Janelle lost a parent this past year. And uh, Jim lost his father, and uh, Janelle lost her mother. And um, Jim, in Jim's case, for example, his, his dad was here in Canton. He was in a care center. And it was during a time of COVID when um, he couldn't go see him. He couldn't be with him during his final days. You know, all of us have experienced a rough year, right? I mean, it's been a rough year for everybody. Uh, the, the question is, how in the world can when you face rough times like that, you not fill in the blanks when you say, I don't really know. And instead you go ahead and serve. So let's go ahead and take a look at this clip from, from that interview with Jim and Janelle. Okay, I'm the editor. You can blame me for that one, all right? But um, anyway, yes, uh, so we've got an example there of people who could have filled in the blanks. Now, there's another person in the congregation who, uh, when I think of service, it's like, this is one of those people that, that just, I stand in awe. <laughs> I really do. I mean, there's, there's a lot of people like that. We could have been here all day with, with these kind of videos, all right? But this person is somebody that I stand in awe of because she is 98 years old, okay? And... Uh, Unfortunately, she uh, had a fall, so she is recovering in a care center. Therefore, I could not go to her personally to be able to do this. So I had a phone interview with Virginia Shabatis, who's 98 years old. So uh, let's go ahead and hear from Virginia. Okay, there we go. It loops back again. All right, yeah. You know, so I don't know if you caught that or not, but the question was, um, you know, what, what advice would you give to somebody that might be considering serving? She said, just go do it. <laughs> 98 years old, all right? Looking forward to getting back, getting out of the care center, healing up so that she can go serve. What an inspiration, I tell you. So the question is, what about you? What about you? You know, if these people can do it, so can you. Absolutely. Now, we got COVID going on right now and all that. I know that. And maybe that's going to put a damper on some things for some people. But you can plan for it, okay? You can make it, you know, Lord, this is the year that I'm going to get in the game. This is the year that I'm going to do this. And you may not know where to do that. You may not know what, uh, in what capacity that might be. Uh, but on our church website, we've got a spot where you can go, which is under the About at the top. So you've got these you know, different words up there. Click on About. Go down to Get Involved. And underneath that, uh, you're going to have, when you click on that, it's going to have this, this page filled with 
gives an opportunity and how you can get, in, get involved, how you, can, how you can step forward and get in the game and serve. So I invite you to do that. Jesus has called each one of us to follow him and to be part of that mission that he's given to us, and I invite you to be part of that. Now, at this time, I'm going to invite the uh, us to bring up the uh, faith-giving box, which has got the faith-giving cards in it. And uh, so you may uh, have placed a card in there, and we're going to pray over that. Also, um, today you may... Why don't you just go ahead and put that up on the altar? Um, today you may uh, also have thought, you know what? I do want to be like Virginia. <laughs> I do want to be involved. And, and, you know, we can pray over that too. That's, that's something that may not be written on that card, but it's written on your heart. And, and that's great. So we're going to pray over that. If you would please stand, and we will turn to the Lord in prayer.